uh, he was a tremendous blessing. Uh, the word he brought, and Brother Paul, and, and of course, Pastor, uh, uh, just a blessing from God. Amen. We thank you for that. Uh, I just wanted to say, just right off the bat, that Pastor and Pastor Amber, they send their love. Uh, they're, everything is okay. They're okay. All is well. They had some uh, hiccups and traveling back. Uh, I'm sure you, you may have seen it on Facebook or whatever. I won't get into all the details of it, but, but uh, they're okay, and they're going to be coming back tomorrow. So they're just enjoying some time in San Diego, hopefully getting a rest and uh, just uh, enjoying themselves. Uh, We love you guys, and we look forward to having you home. Amen. 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 And you may have noticed, too, that we have our, I don't have mine, I I didn't get mine in time, my Cancel for Christ shirt. But you'll notice we've got people wearing their Cancel for Christ shirts uh, around the church here. Uh, It's just an idea that came to pastor uh, that, uh, you know, with all the cancel culture stuff going on right now, that, you know, you say one wrong thing, you do one wrong thing. Everybody just piles on you and jumps on you, and that's, you're canceled, you're done. Well, he, you know, he just, it came up in him, well, I'm canceled in Christ, you know. If I, if I have to be canceled for Christ, for standing for the word, for standing for Jesus, then so be it. Amen. I mean, he canceled our sin, uh, you know, he, he canceled that for us in the most uh, spectacular way. I mean, he could, he gave everything to do that, so why can't we stand up for him? Amen. Amen. So if you see people wearing those, just... That's what that is. We wanted to just show our solidarity and uh, just wear those all together today. And, yeah. and we also, today is our Invite a Friend to Church Day. Mm-hmm. So if you are here, uh, someone invited you, we want to welcome you. We thank you for coming. We know coming into a new church can be a daunting, uh, you know, something daunting just coming in. You not know what to expect necessarily. But uh, we love you. We're for you. And we want to treat you right. Amen. Amen. And uh, if anybody treats you wrong, you just tell me. <laughs> And I'll tell Pastor, and he'll, he'll bring the hammer down. Amen. So we just want to welcome you all. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get in the Word. Amen. And, and I'm not, uh, it's not my intention to keep you unduly this morning, but uh, we're just going to get in the Word, uh, have an exhortation, and, and hopefully just build up, uh, build up the body. Amen? Amen. So go ahead and turn, if you would, to James chapter 3. We're going to talk about our words today. Amen. And uh, if you're new to church or, you know, not been in church a long time or not even familiar with the Bible very much, uh, your words are very important. Amen. Amen. Your words carry a lot of weight. And even if you're not familiar with church, with the word, uh, the words, words in the world are important. Amen. Just completely on a natural level, your words have power. Amen. Amen. Any kind of psychological field that you hear study about, they'll say that words Damage, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, is what this is saying, but words will never hurt me. But words do hurt, amen, and they have a lasting hurt. It's not a scab that just heals up necessarily, amen, on its own. So words are powerful. I've even seen studies that show that uh, if you speak to, when it comes to plants that you're growing and you're growing, that if you'll speak to them, that they'll actually, they've done studies, that they actually grow more after being spoken to, interestingly enough. So words have power, amen, and if... If you doubt the power of words, I just invite you to someday get married. And you will really see how powerful some words can be if you use them wrong. Amen? If you use tone wrong, you can see they're a force. Amen? Amen. So, uh, James, I've been talking this whole time. I hadn't even got to it. James chapter 3. Amen. Amen. We're going to be starting in verse number 1. Okay, so it says here, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, 
He is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. So it, it describes the tongue here as a fire, as a flame. And if any of you guys have a fire pit at your house, I know I do, when you have that flame controlled and in where it's supposed to be, and it's aligned with what it's supposed to be, it's inside a covering, it's protected, that it's a tremendous blessing. Amen. You can get warm, you can cook your hot dog on it, whatever. Make your s'more. But uh, when that fire gets outside of that fire ring, it's a, I mean, it can do unspeakable damage. You see all this stuff in California, and like, like Pastor said, looking at his weather app, half the country was on fire at one point, it looked like. That fire is uh, extremely destructive, and when you don't maintain that, when you don't handle it, it can just go wild. Amen. And it's the same with your tongue. It's the same with your words. Amen. That if you don't control the words that are being said in your life, over your life, towards your family, towards your finances, amen, that it can wreak havoc. Because we as people, we just want to talk. God, God made that in us. That we want to talk. And when we feel something, we want to talk about it. Amen. And it's not always the best thing, depending on what you're feeling, to get out there and talk about it. Or how you're feeling about somebody, to get out there and talk about it. Amen. Amen. So go ahead, if you would, uh, turn to Proverbs 18. We're going to get the foundation settled here. Amen. Proverbs chapter 18. And this is just for those that, you know, come in and say, words, come on, my words aren't. What are, what are my words going to do? What kind of power do they have? Well, if you give any credence and uh, any authority to the word in your life, you'll see it right here. We'll read a couple passages. Proverbs 18, and we'll start in verse 20. It says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. That's your words. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. And then uh, verse 21, a big verse. Death and life are in the power of God. That's right. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, this is the Word of God that says that. That death and life is in the power of your tongue. Amen. And that is your power. God gives you that power. Amen. That The power that your tongue has. And it's not even necessarily, just by itself, it's powerful. Like I said, you know, you can... Uh, Say words and tear up your life, but when you line yourself up with God's word, with the kingdom of God backing you up, you got a powder keg, amen, of power available in your life. If you line your words up with the word of God, amen. It's not only an offensive, I mean, it's a weapon in your life. You know, if you, I don't want to get too far into it, but there are forces, there are dark forces in this world, in this you know, realm, working against us. To try to destroy us. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's the enemy. And their goal is to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you and everything in your life. Amen. And if you just walk about willy-nilly 
when there's an adversary out there and you're not uh, vigilant, you're not watchful for him, he could take advantage of you. Yeah. Amen. He could, uh, he could tear you up. But our tongue is a weapon against that. Amen. Used correctly, our tongue is a weapon. It's a shield as well. It's just all around. Amen. Your tongue, bridling your tongue, like it said in the word there, the man that can tame his tongue can tame the whole body. It says in the word that the man who can tame his tongue is uh, greater than one that can take a whole city. So there's power in your tongue. Amen. And like I said, you have the kingdom of God backing you up. If you turn to Romans uh, chapter 8, and we're going to go to verse 14. Romans chapter 8. We're going to be talking. We're going to be speaking after this. Amen. All right, say amen when you get there. Romans 8. Amen. So it says in uh, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And here's where it's key. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together, together with Jesus. Amen, to be clear. Amen. So we are joint heirs. And that word joint, uh, a synonym, a synonymous term would be a partaker with yeah. Jesus yeah. In, uh, in our inheritance uh, in Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, it means we get what he gets. Yeah. And I was thinking about this just in my prep. Uh, it, you, I don't know if you've ever seen the movies where they have, you know, it's like an old-timey movie in medieval times or whatever. And they'll have a letter that they'll write. And they drip some wax on it to close it up. Mm-hmm. And then they have their little seal and they punch it on there. And, and you know this seal, whoever had that, that's who you're getting that letter from. It's just a confirmation. And it's so nobody opens it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just thinking about today that being joint heirs with him, we have that seal. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And when you seal that up, when that person that gets it reads it, mm-hmm. it you could be the squire or whatever. You could be a... Just someone in the court serving the king. But if you put that stamp on that letter, if you wrote that letter and put that stamp on it and send it, they're reading that in the king's voice. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. They're not reading it in your voice. Amen. So when you line your words up with the word of God, the enemy out there, he's not hearing your voice. He's hearing God's voice. Amen. Amen. He's reading that in God's voice. Oh, I need to stop. Okay. Yes, sir. And they get to running. Amen. Amen. We're seated. And you know, in Ephesians 2.6, it says we are seated with Christ. Amen. And uh, again, just looking at, meditating on that scripture, what does seated mean to you when you think about a king sitting in a, a throne room, that he's seated? A lot of times, yeah, it's, it's, it's an authority. Because a lot of times, everybody else is standing. The guards aren't sitting down. Everybody else is standing when that king is present. And he can just sit and relax. And the reason he can sit is because at his word, that guard who is standing will come over and he will lay a world of hurt on you if he has to. Just at the king's word. Amen. So he doesn't have to get up and get out there and and do anything. His word is what accomplishes things. Amen. And that's how Jesus operates. And we're joint heirs with him in Christ. Amen. We have that authority. We're partakers with him. Amen. Amen. It reminds me of Psalms when it says uh, he sets a table in the presence of our enemies. Yeah. How can you sit down and relax and eat when you've got enemies roaming around you? 
Well, you can sit, but there's others standing. And you just got to say a word. And it's like, oh, you get too close to my turkey. No. Get him out of here. See him to the door. Amen. We're, and we're joking around, but, but it's serious that we have power. Amen. And uh, God has given us, I mean, you think, you tally it up. He's given us a mouth, which already has tremendous power in and of itself. He gave us the authority of what we say to come to pass. And he gave us even the words to say to exercise that authority. So, I mean, he laid it out. He laid it out pretty easy for us. Amen. To be able to do his will in the earth. Amen. Uh, I was going to go to Matthew 8, but I think we'll skip that now. But like I said, we have a powder keg of power in us. Amen. In us and for us and behind us. Actually, we'll go to Matthew 8. Go to Matthew 8. In verse number five, amen. Y'all ain't meaning good. I appreciate that. Well, thank you. All right, so we're going to read, uh, and you guys are all familiar with this, I'm sure, uh, most of you. So in verse five, uh, it's, uh, it says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Amen. Amen. And right there, I, it just spoke to me when I was doing my study that the centurion understood uh, a particular kind of authority, a governmental authority, a military authority, where when you tell the guy under you in the military to do something, he, he's got to do it, or he's going to be, like I said, in a world of hurt. Yeah. Amen. And that's our position over the kingdom of darkness in this world. When, they, when we command them to do something, they are obliged to obey. Amen. Amen. But it's not just words that does anything. Amen. If you go to Mark 11 and verse 23, words alone, I mean, you could say, it's like the story of the guy that uh, was talking to Brother Kenneth Hagin and said, you know, all this name and claim it stuff, I don't, I don't believe all that. What if I just said I, I had 10 million oil wells? And then Brother Hagin said, well, first of all, that's silly. You don't have any promise for that in the Word. Just first of all, you don't believe that. Amen. And if God even gave that to you, it'd probably destroy you in your current situation, how you are, you know, your, how your heart is. And so uh, he was saying right there that just because you say a word doesn't necessarily mean there's anything behind it. There's any gusto behind it. In Mark 11, uh, we'll, start in verse, we'll start in verse 22. Uh, oh, I'm in the wrong one. I'm in Matthew. Hang on one second. All right, 11.22, it says, So Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, Whosoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I remember Dr. Hattabaugh uh, in Georgetown was ministering on this, and he was ministering out of this, and uh, he just made the bold assertion, the, the word doesn't say you'll have what you say. It says you'll have what you say, believing. 
You know, that's what you say when you believe it in your heart. Yeah. Amen. You can tell someone, hey, you need to just, you know, if you go up to someone that is dealing with depression, dealing with some mental issues, and you say, hey, just say you feel better. Just say it. Just say you feel better. And in their state they're in, just saying it, you know, I don't know how much that's going to help them. Yeah. Amen. Because in order to have that power behind your words, Jesus said it here. you got to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. He put that in there for a reason. You can't just say to a mountain, be removed, and think, I don't think it's going to go, but be removed? <laughs> no. That's not going to work like that. Amen. It doesn't work like that. But uh, the kingdom works on faith. Amen. Amen. It works on believing. Amen. And uh, like we saw in, in Proverbs, in Proverbs 18, there are words that lead to life, and there's words that lead to death. Yeah. Amen. So if you constantly are telling yourself that you're not any good, that you're not worth anything, that uh, nothing ever works out for you, always going two steps forward, or one step forward, two steps back is the common uh, from the song. But uh, if you're saying that and you believe it in your heart, when you say those things, you better watch out. You better watch out because when you hook your believer up, to what your tongue is saying, it could it could be a world of hurt or it could be a world of blessing for you. Amen. But there are words that lead to life. Amen. And God's word is that word that leads to life. Amen. It's a blueprint of words that you can say over your life, uh, over your family, over your finances that can bless you. Amen. And bring life into your life. I was thinking about. Uh, this just kind of hit me as well when I was studying that God, he, how he made us, he made us to desire his goodness. When you think about things that are good, okay, and we, we say, you know, God's love, God's peace, God's uh, joy, he's health, he's freedom. Well, he's always been all those things. And he made us so that we desire and appreciate those things. Amen. He is the answer to the cry of our heart, and He designed us that way. He literally made us that way to enjoy everything that He is. Amen. Amen. And He put that in His Word so that we could have that. Amen. Amen. And his speaking is just, like I said, it's in our nature. We want to talk about something. Always we want to be talking about something, good or bad. Amen. And uh, what you say, uh, if you go to, well, actually... No, I don't think we need to go there yet. But to be able to speak right things in your, over your life, you need to believe right things yeah. over your life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, a believing heart is a speaking heart. Yeah. Uh, I'm a believer that when you get a revelation in you, it's not just telling someone, say you're healed. Say by his stripes you're healed. Mm-hmm. It's not just someone saying, uh, say that he supplies all your needs. Yeah. No, it's you getting in the word for yourself. Right. It's you taking the word in in a rich measure, listening to it, feeding on it with your eyes. And when that gets in you so deep, it can't help but come out. You're going to talk about it. Amen. And what you talk about will reveal what your heart is like. If you're constantly uh, hard on people, talking people down, uh, just never have a good attitude, there's a heart problem there. Amen. Uh, Go ahead and go to 1 Samuel. Uh, in, in chapter 17, like I said, what you have in your heart, you may not, uh, I talk to the contractors a lot when we're over here working in the, in the new construction area, and it has, it's been several times that 
you know, will say, hey, you guys ever want to come to church sometime? Or, and they will say stuff like, yeah, I do, I do my praying in the woods. You know, I, I, that's, I get quiet out in the woods hunting. I, that's where I do my praying. And uh, I try to be a good person. You know, I feel like I'm a good person and everything. And, and uh, I, I do the best I can. And I thought, you know, that's great. Yeah, more power to you. But just thinking you're doing right, just thinking you're okay, doesn't necessarily mean you are. Amen. If you think you're in shape, let's go out and let's run us a mile. And no matter what, no matter what situation, that objective, that mile you're running and gravity, it's going to reveal your fitness. It, it doesn't matter what you think about it. And so, and that's, just, that's the blessing of coming to a local church. Amen. It's, you come and you hear the word and it speaks to your heart and you realize, okay, I thought I was doing good when I came in this morning, but actually... I could work on that, and I could work on that, and I could work on that. And it's not to overwhelm anybody, but you, we just need to know where we're missing it. Where It's not the things we're doing right that's tripping us up. Amen. So you'll see in 1 Samuel uh, in chapter 17, I just love this. Uh, it's uh, just uh, accounting David and his uh, encounter with Goliath. And uh, there's just a lot in here about what's in your heart coming out. Because, you know, David, uh, a lot of the Psalms he'll talk about that he wrote, he'll talk about he is in his word night and day. He's constantly reading his word. He's out with the sheep. He's reading the word. He's singing songs to God. He's just immersed in it all the time. Amen. He's out with the sheep. There's no one else telling him something different. He's got the word in front of him, and God's speaking to him, and that's it. And then he comes into town uh, and realizes, hey, there's a war going on. Oh, who's this? Who's this really tall guy over here that's telling everybody that he'll fight whoever they send out? And he's uh, blaspheming against God. He's standing against the army of God. Who does he think he is? I, in his mind, this word, this is, this is the reality. This is all there is. And so he gets back and he's kind of just confused about, well, what, what's everybody doing? Why is everybody scared? Do they not know, do they not have the word in them like I do? And so in, in verse 23... It says, then as he talked with them, there was a champion of, this is David talking to them, uh, was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. All And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from, from him and were dreadfully afraid. So right there, you can tell what's in their heart. You can tell the condition of their heart in that moment. Amen. And I'm not even saying it's wrong to be scared of fighting a giant. I understand. <laughs> to be fair to these guys, I understand. Okay. But David, he was just on a different level. He, was, he had something else in him that they just didn't have. Amen. If you continue on to verse uh, 32, it said, Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail him because of, because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, See, David said something, that he'll go and fight him. And then Saul said something, you're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you're a youth and, a man of, and he is a man of war from his youth. So everybody's saying, what they're saying is revealing what's in their heart. Amen. But David said to Saul, here's more words, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. How's that for some confident words? Amen? 
seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. There's not a maybe in him. There's not a possibly in him. There is a this is what's going to be. Amen. And you skip down to verse 44. Uh, Goliath had some things to say. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, he's answering some words with words, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Amen. Amen. That's a heart on fire for God. Amen. And, in, and later, I noticed, too, that the build-up to the battle was a whole lot more, and then the battle's only like three or four verses there. It's like, yeah, he, and he killed him. <laughs> he did what he said. <laughs> Amen. But just, that's what the Word can do to you. If you get in the Word, and you are alone with the Word enough, that, and you don't let outside influences come in, and take that word from you, this could be you in your finances. This could be you in your family, in your relationships. Amen. In your love walk toward other people. Amen. That's what you could have. And I've said it before. If there was a pill out there that you could take and you could kill a giant like this with a stone, you know, defeat any warrior, a great warrior, people would be buying that up like crazy. The invigoration, the strength that would come with that, they would want, everybody would want that. Amen. It'd be a high-priced commodity. But we have that in the Word. Now, I'm not going to say it's instant. Amen. You've got to put some work in, but you've got to get the Word in you. But, uh, amen, it's available. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Romans, go ahead and go to Romans 10. We're going to look at verse number 8 through 10. Is anybody else warm? Yes. <laughs> i got a couple of yeses and a no. Would you guys mind turning it down just a little? Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Pray for the ushers that handle the AC. They, they can't please anybody. It's there's always somebody that's hot and cold. And it's yeah. Amen. So uh, Romans chapter ten, and we're gonna be in verse number eight. Let me find it here. Okay, so it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. So there it is right there. With the heart one believes, and with the mouth confession is made. So the believing comes first. Amen. When Jesus was saying to the disciples, say to this mountain, be removed, you're not going to talk to a mountain unless you believe something's going to happen. Amen. Or you're just wasting your time. Right. Amen. You know, it, it just, you, you wouldn't do that. Amen. And in Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So what's in you is going to come out. It's like a seed under the ground. What's in you is there, and it is what it is. And you may not see it right now, but other people, eventually, they're going to see what's in your heart. And you have to just ask yourself, what is in my heart? Right. Is my heart good? Is my heart pure? Is it clean? Amen? Do I have the word in me? 
Amen. I, I would just say, uh, just as a charge to everyone here, just take the word in, be in the word until you can't help but talk about it. Amen. 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 Uh, I just appreciate getting around people like Brother Paul, uh, Brother Rex, that you can just tell the word is in front of them a lot. And because they, they just want to talk about the word. Amen. Pastor, amen. You just know, you can tell when they when they're in the word. Amen. I just appreciate that. Amen. And their hearts show it. They have tremendous fruit. But uh, in my opinion, this is why we don't see more power in the church, is that we, we focus on just saying words, but we don't take the time to get in there and, and get it in us. Amen. And it's not just saying a word to say a word. It's like I said, it's you get it in you so much that it just comes out. Speaking is just a natural outflow of believing. Amen. A speaking heart, a believing heart is a speaking heart. Amen. And uh, we want the power. But it's like if you were to take, uh, you, you had medicine prescribed to you for something, and you just take that medicine, you take that pill that they're giving you, and you open it up, and you dump all the powder out, and you put it back together, and you eat it. I mean, you're taking a pill. Yeah. But there's nothing in it that's doing anything for you. Amen. It's just some, whatever, digestible plastic. I don't know what they're made of. <laughs> But you see what I'm saying? That if you just say words, and there's nothing in them, when you say them, what good is it doing you? It, it kind of reminds me, and I, I realized this earlier, just this morning, looking back, that right before Jesus said to them, say to the mountain, be removed, they had just noticed that the fig tree had withered. And Jesus' uh, criticism of that tree was that it was a tree with leaves and no fruit. So it was supposed to have fruit on it, judging by the state it was in, but it just had leaves. It just looked like it would have fruit on it, but he went and looked, and it didn't have anything in it. And I just don't want that to be our words, where it looks like we're believing something. It looks like we're saying the right thing, but inside there's really nothing there. Amen. Amen. And you can fake it. You can fake it for a while. You, know, you can say the right things. Amen. But uh, if we want revival in the church, if we want the power... Amen. We've got to be built up on the Word. Right. And, and we've got to be built up so much that it's coming out and that we're talking about it. Amen. Amen. And we're confessing it over our lives. That's right. Amen. That's where the power is. Amen. Amen. And there's more to it than just speaking. You know, the Christian life is more than just speaking. But uh, you can't go wrong with taking the more of the Word. Amen. Right. Amen. Our words are powerful. And we need to align our words. You know, God gave us authority down here on the earth. We're walking in His authority down here on the earth. But He's He's waiting on us. He's waiting on our words to be able to affect things around here. Amen. He tells us in the Word to pray for government positions. You could start a Facebook group. You could start an underground militia about the government. But the Word says you need to pray for that. You need to release words so that He can do it. Because trust me. I don't know if you have, you can try to oppose the government, you know, to a degree, and you could succeed, you know, you could maybe get out of a parking ticket or whatever, but ultimately when it comes to it, if they want it bad enough, it's going to be really difficult to, but God, amen, he's bigger than all of that, amen, 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 well, I mean, that's, that's really just my charge to you, amen, is that, is that we just need to be in the word, amen, it's so much so. That, and I guess a good way to do it would to say it would be you know it's in you when you're talking about it. That's yeah. good. That's good. When you just it comes out of you. It's like when you hit your 
thumb with a hammer? What's coming out of you right then? You, that's just a good test, you know. You could, you could do that. <laughs> just to see where you're at, you know, just a, a litmus test. Amen. Amen. Well, you go ahead, uh, stand this morning. Like I said, I didn't want to keep you super long. Uh, we appreciate all of our guests coming. Uh, we thank you for coming, and, and we sure want to invite you back.